Why not? Because I mentioned that they have a Sonoran taco on their menu. Why not continue to talk about tacos? I know Andy loves tacos, and Sonoran tacos apparently is the most important thing in his life. So, Jeez, what did I do to deserve such sass? <laughs> I mean, maybe... maybe... Unbelievably fancy Sonoran taco <laughs> stuff off the internet? Maybe we should talk about it. <laughs> My God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, are tacos on the baseball list? Yeah, they uh, gotta dude, be at this point. The, the tacos are friggin' good, man. Yeah, no, no, no. I be. mean, uh, are they in the shop? Can you buy tacos in the shop? No. Oh, no, no. So I have a legitimate question to start this podcast episode 251 of we were gamers a podcast with jj hello and michael hey everybody so i kept my promise on episode 250 does that mean i have to continue keeping my promise on going forward on creating visualizers for these podcasts <laughs> take a little extra work the work is actually not that bad uh now that I know how to do it, it's uh, it's, it'd probably take me another you know fifteen twenty minutes to set up. But it definitely means that I have to do it. I can't like last minute the podcast anymore. Sometimes on Wednesday mornings, I just get up early and finish it. Uh, that visualizer takes six hours to render. You guys, that Ooh. doesn't that doesn't scan, Andy, because the like extremely bad crude version that I made one time and showed you to like talk about did not take my PC six hours to render. Did you do the whole podcast as it though? Yeah, I outputted like, well, I only outputted one movie file and not like seven, I guess. Yeah. So outputting a file at 1080 with however many visualizers, whoever took six hours. I don't know why. That feels, hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Because it's a very, like, low amount of movement. It feels like it shouldn't take that long. Welcome but to I'm the also production minute. I don't know anything about how this works. <laughs> um, I mean, it has to read a WAV file, put that WAV file into motion, duplicate the motion, offset the motion. You know, like, it does a lot of math there. I'm well, not so there's, there's a few different things that are going on. I mean... Bro, trust me, the math is not the hard part here. <laughs> it is like computers are really, really, really good at math. I'm sure the hard part is like having to look ahead and like understand, you know, do analysis of every frame as opposed to before where it didn't, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, literally yeah. was just dope duping a JPEG file for two hours. Did not, I could render yeah. a two hour podcast in 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but a two-hour podcast takes a little bit of time. <laughs> it's fine. I just, it just, it was a surprise. I'm, uh, so that's the production minute. Now we're into the component class. <laughs> I'm glad that I, when they were on sale at Christmas slash that area of the year, decided to buy the i7 that fits on this board because I figured they were going out of stock at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, and they have gone out of stock and that i7 will chew through rendering a lot faster once it's installed yeah i was just gonna say like what what um how many cores you got on that thing man i think six but it's not hyper threaded because okay. it's, it's an i5 okay because i have an i7 but it's an older one i wonder if that makes the difference okay. i just have like yeah double cores working on it threading helps a lot with especially rendering uh, I am surprised that it didn't use more of the GPU than than it did. But it used some, but it didn't use a lot. So what's that meme? The guy slaps the car on the roof. It's like, this bad boy can render so many frames. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I still think if you're not going to do this type of stuff, you could get by on a gaming PC with an i5. No problem. Oh, I, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Uh, and I still recommend it for people on a budget. But if you are planning to do any video work, uh, turns out maybe an i7 is better. 
And that's my realization of how to do a visualizer. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Did everybody have a nice weekend week? I mean, it's been calmer these days. Maybe a little bit. I don't know. It feels calmer. It's a pretty good week. I don't know. It's like kind of wet down here in San Diego. I don't know about y'all. Yeah, I was going to say dodging the weather up here. It's been a little bit chilly and raining. Yeah. I um, We're still in the midst of redoing our front of our home. And the weather and the water have kind of... Uh, as they inevitably do every time we try to do homes construction. It just slows it down, you know? Just slows it down. But speaking of water... JJ, there's been a little bit of a breaking news story about your jeans. Oh? Yeah. They use a lot of water. The jeans in general? Manufacture of jeans, I guess it came out this week. That There's a new a Bloomberg article that came out this week about a new process for wearing and treating jeans. Especially, not probably not the jeans we were talking about last week that... We're a very hot topic, by the way. The jeans Uh, that are not wear or faded. Right. So the jean industry, however, is responsible for millions and millions and millions of gallons of water waste uh, and pollution, I guess, because they used to use chlorine and other toxic chemicals and just flush them through the jeans while hitting them with rocks or whatever. Uh, (laughs) True story. Washing machines with rocks. I was uh, going to say, I, I believe that. Full of, chlor- you know. full of chlorine and other chemicals that they then just flushed into rivers. Uh, this company in Spain is now using lasers to do all that stuff to your jeans, which is pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. Science. Yeah. So I guess uh, they've already hit like 30% of the gene market with their new tech. And uh, so you can look for sustainable genes now. Okay. Just wanted to know. I felt up. that the the ones that have never been washed, therefore can't use any water, and aren't uh, faded at all, and have never been worn, are a safe bet on that. I bet but you maybe they are. this tech is cheaper, and that would be a benefit too. Oh yeah, <laughs> I bet you your jeans qualify as sustainable. I'm not I'm not saying they did, but it was funny to me that like days after we had the jean discussion. <laughs> I know I'm interested in why you think it was it did we get a bunch of hate mail or something about my opinions? No, absolutely not. Oh, okay. No, your jeans were quite popular with people asking me uh about them. Oh, okay. Because I talked about them. Got it. Yeah. No, your I, jeans are good. I'm, we- I'm wearing them right now, man. It's super comfortable. I'm no like, hate mail. I don't think we got any hate mail this week. Michael. Yes. Preview me my knots experience, my man. Uh, so yeah, we went over the weekend to, uh, the latest of the Knott's Berry Farm food festivals. Boysenberry's uh, back. Yeah. They brought back the Boysenberry Festival. Uh, it was canceled last year and then their, the very first food festival that they rolled out was a quasi Boysenberry Festival. Uh, it was much smaller. They, they only had Ghost Town open at the time. Uh, but this felt much more like the Boysenberry Festival. So the, the like the last several of food festivals that they've done, the whole park was open uh, and they had food, all the food vendors set up and selling different Boysenberry related things. Um, same as last time, you bought a tasting card, which was your ticket into the park. And it got you as an adult, it gets you five tastes up to two of which can be alcohol and you have a whole long list of, I want to say it's 80 plus, maybe 100 plus dishes, different boysenberry dishes. My goodness. This sounds so good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we had a good time with it. Uh, it, was, it was a little bit chilly yesterday in the park. Uh, was it more crowded? Uh, it was a little bit more crowded, but it still didn't feel like you were too close to people to be comfortable. Okay. I mean, they got you, a lot of, uh, and I think part of that, I think part of that might have been the fact that we went a little bit earlier than we've gone on previous times, uh, and we've always gone on Sundays. 
And I think that a lot of the people had the same idea to get there early and then leave early because by the time we left, it was much more empty than when we got there. Yeah, at least it wasn't raining on you. Yeah, yeah. So that was fortunate. At least we we didn't have rain. How can you possibly pick what you're going to eat out of 80 dishes? Oh, it's it's difficult. I mean, you have um, to set aside one for for funnel cake. Uh, we didn't do funnel cake this time around. Uh, JJ, um, gavel, gavel, JJ. I mean, it's the classic. But you can, Andrew. Food they're not going to stop crime. you from going up there and giving them more money to Look, get funnel cake. Hold on, this is a Knotts food crime. Yeah. How do you go no. to Knotts on the Boysenberry Festival and not get Boysenberry funnel cake? I mean, the, for, the, for the one man has eaten back, funnel cake. We're going back a second time. Okay, and acceptable non-gaveling. <laughs> for two, we one of the things that we try and do is pick things that aren't on or close to their usual menu. Because there are some things that are, are food that they have normally at the park, and then there are things that they very clearly thought up and brought out just for the festival. Ah, okay. I think that's a smart way to do it, because I've been to, like, two of these in, like, recent years. Mm-hmm. Uh, one we talked about like earlier in COVID and then the other one um, a long time ago. And I think the, and I've been to Knott's Berry Farm many times in my life. Right. And the idea has always <laughs> been just, understatement. Just to, well, just to, I, you have to preface it with like, if you've never been to Knott's Berry Farm, get the funnel cake. Sure. Yeah. Right? Sure, sure. Okay. <laughs> but if you've been to Knott's Berry Farm many times, you've had many funnel cakes and you could skip it once and it wouldn't be the worst. Thing, I think right? it's not a food crime to have attended Knott's for a second time and not gotten a plain funnel cake. Yeah. I, I just yeah. was surprised. Although go, you're going a second time. It makes sense to not have gotten it this time. But, and especially uh, if there's like unique boysenberry desserts that aren't funnel cake, right? That you want to try. But the, right, the funnel cake were. is a unique. Okay. Yeah, but they have the funnel cake on the normal menu. Sure. Not with boysenberry <laughs> all over it. Um, so let's see. What did we get? I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember all 10 things that we tried. Uh, so I'll, I'll break it down. We did. Um, we used three of our 10 tastes on drinks. Um, not four. Uh, no, just three this time around. Because um, they ran out of boysenberry, or because they ran out of things you were interested in? No, because <laughs> there were more. There were more food things that we wanted to try than drinks. Oh man! Mm. Mm. Uh, so we got the we got the sangria, which we always get because it's one of the best things that they have. Um, we got the um, berry rose cider, and we got the. Cucumber, pineapple, boysenberry, agua fresca. All that uh, sounds the, great. The Cucumber, agua fresca, pineapple, boysenberry. It was it was phenomenal. It was a, one of the best things we had on the day. That's just like a that's like a whole fruit basket in the thing there. That's Man, real. You could you could tell me it's blood orange gasoline, but as long as you put agua fresca <laughs> at the end, I'm still going to try it. <laughs> Not uh, wrong. I'm just saying it. <laughs> Yeah, the actually the agua frescas that they've done, they've done at, at least one or two agua frescas at each one of these food festivals, and they're consistently one of the better drinks. I'm not surprised by that at all. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We did, um, JJ, they had the brisket mac and cheese. I think oh. they've had that before. They did. A they classic. had a one, but it was so good. good that we got it again. Yeah. I uh, When my wife and I went to the one of these around Christmas time, that brisket mac and cheese like won the entire day. I think it was our favorite dish. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think you are wrong. It's pretty good. Uh, they had boysenberry shrimp and grits, which was really good. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, boysenberry. Okay. I was just gonna say I would put that in the intriguing category. There's like categories of trying this food, right? There's the you you hinted at the standard menu items. Then there's the, you can't go wrong, there's no way it could be bad, like brisket mm -hmm. mac and cheese. But like shrimp and grits is great, but boysenberry shrimp and grits, hmm, intriguing. Yeah, so the shrimp was, the shrimp was cooked in like a, a boysenberry barbecue sauce. Kind okay, of and then just plain grits. Yeah. Got it. Um, And then what else was really good? We got boysenberry bread pudding. Oh, that Ooh, sounds good. Which that sounds excellent. good. Yeah. Um, And one thing that I will say for knots that I love about knots... 
um, is that the portions that you get uh, when they serve you food are huge for a tasting festival. That was like we got we got the bread pudding and it was two giant scoops of bread pudding in a in a dish. Yeah, I will echo that in the time that we were there recently. You know, again, this was like December or something. It's been quite a while. Uh, but it was so like the ticket for my wife and myself was really more food than we needed. It it was just so much. So this time around, though, we did have an interesting experience more than in past visits. We had several uh, dishes that we wouldn't get again. With 80 Uh or 100, whatever number is correct, uh, there's bound to be some misses. A couple of misses. Yeah. Um, So first was there was a... um, boysenberry queso with tortilla chips oh i wouldn't have gone there that um but you you and your wife are big queso fans and i am not right so we we braved it in part because uh the description just said tortilla chips it did not say that they were the boysenberry tortilla chips that they serve with some of the other dishes and i think the, the queso on its own with the with boysenberry in it was a little bit weird. It had kind of an aftertaste, but I think that it would have been tolerable if they had had normal tortilla chips. But the combination of the the queso with the boysenberry and their boysenberry chips, which come out a little bit like puffy crackers in consistency more than tortilla chips, it was just too much. Okay. Uh, so that one didn't work. Um, and then <laughs> the, uh, the beer cheese soup, uh, what? Yeah. So they had beer cheese soup with, uh, like a boysenberry, um, drizzle over the top and then it, like brown butter croutons. Okay. Is beer cheese soup a thing that I don't know? Yes. Beer yeah, cheese soup a, is a thing. That's a, that's a soup you can yeah. get. Like ale, you basically it's just ale and cheddar and and broth, beer yeah, cheese soup. Yeah, it's like it up, it's good. It's like liquid cheese consistency with you know obviously beer and, and yeah. Stuff it's it's a little bit like if fondue were a soup. I've yeah, had beer yeah. cheese before. This yeah. is ru- a runnier version of that. Yep. So it's just uh, okay. All right. I mean. I, I like beer cheese, so I, I hope am, you, would, you would like a good beer cheese soup. Yeah, I can my tell doctor you that, would not like me to like a good beer cheese <laughs> soup. Is what I'm pretty sure about. This one just sounds concerning to me on the idea of like all that cheese and and beer flavor then combined with such a sweet berry. Hmm. So the the berry wasn't the problem. So my wife who is from Wisconsin and is Land a of very large, well, a very large fan of cheese in general um, and has a love of uh, artificial cheeses. So like the, the cheese that you get with nachos at a ballpark. Yeah. Queso. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Fake, there's like real the, queso the bright, and the fake bright queso. yellow. Yeah. You know fake what I'm talking queso. about? Like the bright uh, yellow. Not, yeah. Nacho cheese. Yeah. There you go. Um, love that cheese product. Yes. Loves easy cheese. Oh, easy she cheese is good. Not... Spray cheese is the best. Yeah. Uh, she could not get through this. Uh, yeah, that surprised me. It, it was just, it was way too artificial tasting. It's almost make, making ethnic food, right? If you do it wrong, you're going to do it way wrong. Yeah. Yeah, so this one, this one was a definite pass. Should we fill JJ in on the offline discussion about raw meat sandwiches? Wait. wait. I had, I had black to this out of my, my uh, the other thing uh, the in the Midwest that they are known for with the the raw hamburger sandwiches at, at like yeah. certain times of the year what what yeah uh, it's like a thing in the land of cheese uh, I don't know what they call them but they're basically raw meat sandwiches where you just throw raw ground beef on bread with onions and other stuff you like that. You don't cook it? No. 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 This is probably why he blocked it out of his head. Yeah, it's like a Christmas thing. 
That sounds terrible. It's like their version of uh, steak tartare. But you could just get actual steak tartare. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, I would assume might, so. It might be good. This just sounds like you're trying to make a really cheap Philly cheesesteak and you couldn't no, be bothered no to cheese. cook it. No, there's no cheese. No, it's just raw meat, man. <laughs> there's no cheese. This, this is a... I demand that it be called a crime. This is crime. This... This picture looks awful. <laughs> I've never heard Why the name we... Cannibal Sandwich before, but apparently that's the name. Why I, would you... I didn't remember that as the name either. I just heard raw meat. Why would you show this to me? I don't know. Just imagine. This is, like a, this is like a cheese platter with just a giant chunk of ground raw, ra, raw ground <laughs> beef sitting on it. Like it's like an aperitif. What the heck? It's like, oh, a cheese board. Oh, wow, there's a cheese board. Lovely. I love charcuterie. Oh, what is this? A giant hunk of ground beef uncooked. Wow. What a delightful <laughs> series of germs you've given me. Uh, I don't know. Sorry. This, I threw us off topic. I'm sorry, but the mention of I the can't. Wisconsin uh, delicacies reminded me of the raw meat sandwich discussion that we had all decided to block out. Crime. <laughs> Yeah, they do. They do in this article at least say that it's not the kind of dish you prepare from prepackaged grocery store ground beef. You either get it from your trusted local butcher or you butcher your own cow. Yeah, <laughs> Jeez, you better. Oh boy, All I right. don't think I trust anyone enough to serve that that way. I'll eat a steak tartare <laughs> though. Yeah, yeah, but from a like quality establishment, sure. Yeah. I'm not preparing steak tartare is what I'm telling you. I don't trust me enough. <laughs> oh, man. Do they have any uh, steak tartare at your other adventure spot? Uh, they do not, but it, the food was definitely a little bit fancier. Um, so our, our other stop this weekend, we managed to snag uh, a late lunch reservation at Carthay Circle. Right before they closed is again. The, uh, yeah, right before they Disney starts their own food festival where they um, close so Carthay, the park right yes so uh carthay circle is the fancy restaurant that's at the end of buena vista street in california adventure so when they reopen the the majority of california adventure for their upcoming food festival the public traffic that is able to just walk in right now will not be able to get in without a ticket Which is almost kind of a bummer. I mean. Uh, yes and no. Um, we, you know, we talked about this try, kind of speculating. Was there a good way that you could still open up the that very first stretch of Buena Vista Street where all, all the shops are to the public and then keep them from going further? No, you can't. There's just no way. Yeah, it's there's not a there's not a good way to do it. It's not designed for that. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing you could do is the uh, ticket systems they tried to do for Star Wars Land when you could walk in, you know, uh, with yeah. the wristbands. But I don't think they're doing wristbands right now. So, yeah. So we uh, we managed to snag some seats at Carthay, and their food was uh, was excellent, as it always is. Um, we've been several times. So Carthay has. Um, they're, they've got two stories to the restaurant, The downstairs is a lounge where you can just walk in and walk up to the bar and order drinks and small plates. And then the upstairs was the restaurant and they were, before everything got shut down, they were just about to add an outdoor patio. Uh, and now that they've partially reopened, the outdoor patio is the, the current seating. Gotcha. But they have a. I, I uh, wish that it would stay that way. I like seeing people dining on Buena Vista Street. That was cool. It might be too loud when the park's open, but like, I thought it was kind of nice. Yeah, I mean, they'll at least that patio they'll keep. I don't know about anywhere else. Okay, well. I don't it, know it lived up to say about this because I've never been there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the food the food was great. So we had um, 
they had uh, an asparagus and polenta um, and poached egg appetizer that we got um, that was over like a, a mushroom stock. So it was almost it was almost like a soup. Um, there was probably not quite enough broth in the bottom to be uh, fully a soup, but more than you would get with just like a sauce. Um, and then um, what else? My wife got tortilla soup. Oh, yum. Um, and then she had a like a real simple, fresh um, tomato and basil pasta. And I got the uh, they had a double uh, double lamb chop with uh, Calabrian chili sauce served over hummus. That was phenomenal. Man, cool. It all sounds so good. Yep. And then one of the one of the best things that they do are the the cocktails. Oh yeah. Nice. I'll have to put it on my list of stuff to try when we are allowed to go back to Disneyland. Yes, definitely do. Wonderful. All right. I love food. We could just Good keep eating. talking about it all day. <laughs> uh, but we can blend games and food very easily. If I just ask JJ, what do, you think, what do you think breakfast does? What do I think breakfast does? Break time. Earn up to 2,000 coins for taking time off from baseball. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I have not investigated what all of the new uh baseball snacks and stuff are they have expanded the list measurably yep uh i am very curious uh if i can tell you uh that i have purchased slushies this season because almost all weather seems to be flooding <laughs> there's a lot <laughs> of flooding triggering uh so I can say that. And I believe the math was done last season and that idling players that were good turned out to be better than idling bad ones with high payouts. Oh, okay. So York Silk's the way to go. Uh, no, Alden Cash Money and back, Goodwin Morin were the way to go. Back back to Alden Cash Money, huh? I mean, it, it's good to have the cash money on your side. Uh, and in this instance, he is also literally back on the team that I like. So it makes it very easy. For One me. should always seek the cash money. Yes. Uh, I, I don't know about you when it came back, I was on every couple hours making bets and checking the game out and seeing what the coin God was saying. But uh, yeah, I even today forgot to get on before the season started so that I could buy tarot. Oh, you could buy it now still. It's not going to change. Oh, I mean, you have until the break in the midseason, which I think is tomorrow at some time. Well, in in general, um, it seems very much the same, even though they're adding all these crazy things. Uh, as someone who doesn't sit on the Discord all day, a lot of it doesn't mean much to me. Well, the, the things that I think are interesting that are, are happening slowly, right? So they've added um, ballparks, and every team... I believe has built a ballpark now. I believe and so. The, ball, the ballparks have stats depending on what type of ballpark was chosen when they built it. Sure. And this season, uh, going into that, that mid season break will be people can invest their coins in upgrading the ballpark with various buffs and debuffs and whatever they do, which will give every game like individual character, right? Because depending on who's playing, what the weather is, and then which ballpark they're located at, mm -hmm. all the stats go up and down, right? Sure. So I think, you know, they're, and uh, that's also another avenue for spending coins, right? So instead of just buying votes every season, uh, you can invest them in your team's ballpark, which I think is an interesting way to do it. The mechanics are currently up 19 to 6. Dude, you never know, man. That's why... <laughs> Baseball is wild. I'm happy with the Tigers' uh, postseason last year, or the last year, last week, uh, because we got rid of that shelled guy, Michael. We no longer have the dude that just sits around and does nothing. Oh, that's yeah. helpful. Yeah. Goodbye to the shell of Nerd Pacheo. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know who, we never met Nerd Pacheo, but his shell seemed nice. Yeah. And our lineup has measurably improved with a couple four star players coming back to the roster. So, or higher. Uh, the, 
the funny thing was the wills that triggered were three wills, all of which were less than 10% to get all of these results. Very strange. So the unlikely uh, results have turned out what uh, looks like a very good team. The thing that <laughs> it's funny, the people I do go to the discord sometimes and the, the thing the people in the discord were all rallying around this season didn't happen <laughs> again. It's been two seasons in a row. We've been trying to do this um, infuse on our worst pitcher to make him like 20% better. Sure. And every season it hasn't happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really would like somebody to tell me what to do with these peanuts. I mean, you go to the hall of flame uh, and you eat them, you know, pay tribute to your dead players. Yeah, true. That That's what you do with them. I don't know what effect that has. I don't either. I would love to know. You can read the, uh, if you go to the, the book and then the feed in the book, you can see what all the gods have been saying. It's nice that they log that. So if you're not there. That is a big improvement. Yeah. So you can see that the, uh, the squid has been back asking where the boss is and that the kitchen is swamped. <laughs> what a crazy game. I'm glad they're still it, doing it. It's so silly. That's why I love it. <laughs> uh, silly games have entered Windows and I assume Xbox. Uh, what do you what do you call that thing? Hmm. Game Pass. Game Pass. I've I, every service now is Plus, and now that Paramount Plus is out, I just keep wanting to call it Xbox Plus because nope. I know, I know, okay? But it's just that seems to be the lexicon choice now for anything related to that kind of service. All uh, of those pluses are, are streaming. I guess, yes, I understand. Are streaming yeah. things. And Although I guess PlayStation Plus. PlayStation Plus is not streaming. Is the, is the non-streaming. They tried yeah. it to be to make streaming. Hey, uh, silly games on there. All those Bethesda games are now on there, including all, I think, all the Dooms. You should play Doom 2016. That game's pretty good. I think good, all of the told. Dooms are now on Game Pass. And did you know there was a new season of Halo that has hit and we aren't playing it for some reason? Because I don't... Is the excitement just gone now that there's no new games to play? I mean, I yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was interested in, in playing... I was interested in playing all the campaigns. I was not so interested in collecting all the like various whatevers. Okay. Uh, and now I have played all the campaigns. Fair point. But like, you know, if you want to play some, I'll happily jump on and, and shoot dudes with you. I'm no, I mean, I think we both have been playing other stuff and I, I feel like the time is not nigh, you know, you can always go back and play it later. They don't take away the old seasons. You can always earn points towards another season later. Uh, I've been playing a lot of other stuff. I don't know. Uh, you tell me, though, about this Loop Hero game. because have you, have you been playing a lot of other stuff, or have you only been playing Warzone? Be honest. I have been playing things other than Warzone, including, and not limited to, picking up Smash Ultimate again, because I haven't done it since uh, the third three fighters ago. They've added three new fighters since I touched Smash. Okay. So I wanted to try out all the new fighters, get all the new spirit boards cleared out, see how they change the game, you know, just kind of like explore and have fun with it. Uh, and that was cool. You know, just we support having fun on this podcast. We do. So that's we're all about it. Smash is a good game. Smash may go down as the best game for the switch. Controversial opinion. Smash is a good game. <laughs> uh, Okay. I didn't say it was a good fighting game or like a great I competitive game i think smash is a good game i was attempting to be facetious oh uh well there are people Didn't do a good job there are a lot of people that would disagree right oh if you had said that it was a good fighting game i would have disagreed with you but sure as a good game absolutely yeah you know I, it's amazing that somebody that i mean i played a ton of it and then i set it down thinking yeah i'll play like every every little once in a while and then i didn't and then picked it back up when three new fighters had come out and the game had changed a little bit, they've added a, like a higher tier. I'm not in it, obviously uh, online group anyway. So yes, I have been playing other games. Thank you very much. I'm happy for you. 
The I new, want you to di- diversify your interests. The new fighters are interesting. I tried some other stuff, but I want to hear about Loop Hero first. So that's what I've been playing recently. Well, in between bouts with uh, Yakuza Remastered, which I'm still slowly plotting through, the amount of blocking is too high Uh-oh. in Yakuza. It's too high. Not I'm enough fighting, to be, too much blocking. I'm going to be very happy when I'm done with Yakuza 3 and supposedly the enemy AI gets way less cheap. Because it's just like constant, like when you block, the move you do to stop a block is a throw. And it's just like I'm walking up to enemies, they're blocking, I throw them. And they stayed up, they start blocking again, I throw them. It just takes forever. I have all these punching and kicking combos and I can't use them, what the heck? Yeah, weird. That's very strange. Anyway, not Yakuza 3, not so great. We'll find out about the other ones uh, when I get to them. Okay. But Loop Hero has been the thing that I have filling the time in between with. And I struggle to define what kind of game this is. Okay. I've I've seen some some videos of it, just brief ones, and I don't know that I could put it into a category. I heard it, board game. It, people having... Having seen some pictures of the game is going to be extremely helpful in the... Uh, in the description of it. So have you seen pictures of it, Andy? Hopefully. I have, yeah. And the, okay. the sprites, the ground sprites, you should look up a game called Anodyne. Uh, it looks like they ripped the graphics straight out of that game. Uh, this game has a, like, real vibe of games that are from, like, a game that attempts to be a game that came out in, like, let's say... 1987 uh-huh. on on VGA graphics, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. But, black backgrounds but like, and everything. Yeah, with a black background, right? It's only rendering the sprites for the dungeon adventure that you're going on, right? Yep. That kind of stuff. And it, again, this like super dates me as a, as a boomer gamer here, but like that is like that is specifically what this thing is evoking. It has these like very specific pixel looking graphics and it, you know, the the text on screen is even pixelated in a way, uh, which actually I turned off very quickly because I started getting confused between like the eights and some of the other. Um, the, the pixels aren't enough. I need more definition to tell me if this is an eight <laughs> or a nine or like a seven. And like some of that stuff confused me a little bit on my like, you know, wi- uh, this game also runs in a window by default. Oh, very, very 1990s PC game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It definitely has an option for full screen, right? It also has an option for high-res fonts or dyslexic fonts um, that make the numbers not look bad for uh, people with dyslexia. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of using the Warcraft 3 world builder. Yeah, kind of, actually. There's no 3D uh, to any of this. It's straight down. It looks kind of like Sim sim city graphics yeah it's got these like squares borders around it right with squares and a big thing in the center and the basic so i'll just kind of like describe a run and it it is kind of run based so you could i guess in theory call this like a roguelike but i don't there are so many aspects okay (laughs) we'll start at the beginning (laughs) you start a run a loop is created in the void right and there's, there's some interesting story reasons, like why are there voids and what is happening here, but who cares? Uh, a loop is created, right? It's a road. You're, you have a little character. Your character is about like, you know, 10 pixels tall or whatever, and just like a little white stick figure guy. <laughs> and, they wa- and you walk along this road. On the road are little pixels of, uh, you know, that represent enemies. Your, your guy bumps into an enemy. It brings up a big screen on top of the screen, right? Like a big box. And your character now then is represented as a much bigger sprite that animates and fights sure. and the enemies on the other side of the screen. And you, your guys run into each other, you know, um, they, they do moves uh, based on timers and cooldowns and all sorts of statistics, which you have on your boxes on the right over there. But the important thing is you have no control over this. You can't pick any moves, can't decide anything other than the equipment your character is using. You can change that. Uh, you can pause for a bit. That's it. All the fighting is done automatically. You don't get to control it. Hmm. Okay. After after that's done, uh, the monster may drop some kind of loot. If so, you pick it up. It goes into your inventory. 
if it's something that you can equip, right, it'll be over there on the side with a bunch of other uh, items that you've picked up and you can trade them out with your various item slots that you have available. Uh, it probably should be, right? Because they the loot you, gets better. Highly recommended that you <laughs> equip loot, you know, getting, you know, and then there's tiers, right? There's gray items and there's like blue items and then yellow items. And then I think orange is the top level. Okay. And it's just like, you know, the statistic, there, there are more values on ones as those go up. And then there's the level of the item overall, right? Level one, level two, level three, level four. And then the numbers get bigger, right? Sure. Sure. Uh, so as you make your way around the loop, the loop is not very big. It takes maybe five minutes when you're starting out to go around the loop. It's not not much. You get back to the campsite that starts. that is the start point of the loop. You get some healing. Otherwise, there is no way to heal when you start okay. again. So you gotta gotta make it around. Make it around. Gotta be able to, and you gotta plan on how to make it around. Yes. Uh, so you know, but again, you can't. It's not like you can avoid enemies either. Your guy just walks the loop. The enemies are either on the loop and in your way or not. So you just have to know, you know. Oh, okay. Like, uh, I want to prioritize this stat on my equipment so that I have like health regen, for instance. Right. But you could also and, create a loop that has no enemies on it. Uh, you can't control what enemies. Uh, so there are enemies that spawn even when there are there is nothing changed by you on the loop. Oh, okay. So uh, the other aspect I haven't talked about, right? They sometimes drop items. Sometimes they may drop resources, which uh, go up into your bag, not in your inventory, but they're things like wood and stone and uh, shards and bone fragments and all these sorts of things, which then contribute to the base building aspect of this game, which we haven't talked about yet, but we'll get to. <laughs> I might take a while, so just put that one on hold. There's base building. You want to collect resources. It's good. And the other thing the uh, monsters might drop our cards and the cards drop down to the bottom of the screen where they're sort of laid out and each card represents a a tile that and, and i do mean tile like it is a it the, the loop is a grid almost right and you can uh there is a grid behind the scenes and each card you can place on the map as it were you know, so wherever the card allows you to place it right some have to be placed on the road some next to the road some can be placed anywhere and then the cards, each tile you place has some kind of effect. So mm. if I place a mountain tile, the mountain gives you five maximum HP to your hero. Well, okay, awesome. And then it also gives you an extra five for each mountain that is adjacent to it. Got it. Oh, I think that's the phrase. So if you place a mountain, well, now I'm incentivized to create mountain ranges, right? It's going to put a whole bunch of mountains all next to each other and your maximum HP goes to the moon. But uh, the uh, and so you place a mountain, you also get some resources. Uh, but some of the cards you have to play, and you eventually you will uh, want to be placing more interest. So, like a mountain just gives you max HP, right? Some of them do other things. Some of them, uh, there's a, a meadow which you play, and that gives you two HP every time the day gauge fills up on the top right corner there are two gauges one is like a uh, sun which is like constantly filling up and then resetting so it's like the days passing there's no real effect to the days passing other than if you have you could get hp you, you could be getting hp uh you do heal like a tiny amount every time a day passes but it's not very much and the if you have a bunch of meadows though it could be a significant amount but other ones you have to place on the road or next to the road and these typically spawn monsters every X number of days, right? So you place a, a forest, or sorry, not a forest, what's it called? A grove. You place a grove on the road, and every X number of days, it's going to spawn a rat wolf, and then when your hero walks by that square, they're going to have to fight the rat wolf, right? Or two rat wolves, or three rat wolves, depending on how long it's been since you visited there. It can become quite a lot. as And then you hit the beginning, right? The loop starts over, but all the cards you've placed are still there. Any cards you have in your hand are still sitting around. And so you just continually build up more and more obstacles for your person to tra to you know, traverse the loop. Uh, you know, eventually uh, you get the ability to unlock more different types of cards. You have the ability to customize the types of cards that will drop. You, it, there's a deck building aspect almost where you get to like choose which cards in various categories you want the game to have in its quote unquote deck. 
Um, you don't really see the deck ever. It's just kind of randomly <laughs> given to you when, when enemies die. So like, don't think of it as a deck building slay the spire type game. Um, but you know, you can definitely say, Oh, I want like less of this type of card. I don't want this specific one. Cause I hate these monsters, or I do want this specific one because they drop like the bone fragments that I'm trying to farm or whatever for your base, for your base. Uh, and then eventually you do enough loops. Uh, and I'm still not exactly a hundred percent sure how the other gauge at the top of the screen works. But eventually that gauge fills up. I assume it's like by playing cards or time passing or some combination of both or doing loops. And the boss shows up. And the boss is real tough, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) You're not supposed to win, huh? Well, you're certainly not supposed to win the first time, I can tell you that. Uh, It is the... I assume it's like one of those things where you fight him and you like learn a little bit more every time. Right. Because I just got completely destroyed the first time I faced him. And then several other, like, and then since then, a lot of times, uh, you have an option to leave, right? Like to retreat from the, the loop. So if you do it at the campsite where the loop starts, you can retreat and keep all the resources you've gained. Oh, okay. If you just do it quit. Right. It's like, keep everything you've, you've gained retreat. Right, you you lose your items uh, and your like equipment. That stuff is new every loop, but the the bones and the stones and the wood and all that sort of stuff you do keep. The stuff you want to keep anyway, for the base, right? Yeah, uh, and if you don't retreat there, you can retreat anywhere when you're not in combat on the loop, and you only get sixty percent. Uh, and then I believe you can retreat. Uh, in combat for 30 percent oh no no sorry when you die it's 30 percent you can't retreat in combat at all so uh, you can pause the game to stop your guy from walking at any time so if you're walking up to a combat and your health is low you can be like should i just bail now and get 60 or do i think i can scrape by (laughs) um so that's all been really fun and then you get so then eventually your character dies right because the game is built to eventually kill you because the monsters keep getting more powerful as the loops go around. You keep getting more stuff, but eventually you're going to die probably. Right. And you go back to the base and the base has a like almost Sim city ish grid looking thing. Um, and you use these resources to build buildings. And uh, later I'm told other things in your base, which provide bonuses to you. So one building you can build will give you potions to carry in to the loop so that your hero has potions that they use automatically when they reach below a certain amount of health or another building will give you farms. And for every tile next to the farm that isn't occupied, they make a wheat field. And then when you come back from your loop, you gain a certain amount of resources for every wheat you have or whatever. Um, There's a whole bunch of kinds of buildings. I have no idea what all of them do. I know some of the buildings unlock other classes. So you start as like a warrior type with a shield and a sword. Uh, I know there is at least two other classes, uh, but people should go find those out for themselves because it's fun to, to sort of explore what the things do. But like the game gets into this whole strategy of where do I place these tiles on this map to like optimize both the bonuses I get minimize the penalties and then deal with the fact that like, well, when I place these things, I get stuff for them. So I want to make sure I'm surrounding the treasury with forests because the, those give bonuses to that. But I want to make a ma- three by three of mountains because that's the most hit, hit points. And then you also want to place some monsters, but not too strong, but strong enough that I get the thing I want. And then it's, the, it's like 15 plates to spin all the time while this guy is walking around the loop. This game is really fun, you guys. So not a browser, not a uh, windowed game. It's a it's a ruse. Well, so it is windowed, though. I like, know, but it's you, a ruse. It's not really a window. That's game. the that's the shell that it's wrapped in. <laughs> yeah, I like. I've heard people describe this kind of as an idle game, and I don't think that that's a good description because it, maybe it is possible to set it up somehow that you have gotten to a point where you're just infinitely strong and can never die. But I don't know that that's true. It's certainly not true for me anyway. Uh, if you, you know, you can pause. So certainly you could have it open on the second window and just like go back to it every now and then. Uh, but if you are just like letting your guy walk around unmanaged, he's going to get murdered. <laughs> uh, okay. So give me an activity level between 
Cookie Clicker, and FTL? Uh, okay. Well, depends, because you can play Cookie Clicker pretty actively if you click on the cookie a lot. But uh, assuming Cookie Clicker is like a, an idle game, right, where you're not paying attention to it at all, it just sort of runs in the background. You can't do that with this. You do need to pay attention to it. So it's definitely a lot closer to an FTL. I went up with FTL because you said the boss is baloney. It, that's a very good reference <laughs> with FTL. <laughs> um, FTL, though, if you if you know the boss, then you know how to build for the boss. The problem is whether or not you can build for the boss. So is that the same scenario here, or is it just like... So, yeah, eh. I, I suspect that it is. Also, the boss has... Um, but you're sort of limited in some ways because the equipment is random and the stats on it are random. You know, as the levels go up in it, you'll get better equipment. So the number will be higher, but you're not guaranteed to necessarily get, oh, I want to focus on like evasion for this one. Or I want to focus on health regen. Well, well it just might not drop any of that, right? You don't right, know what sure. you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, you know, and it is like RPG stuff. You have a sword and your sword does X to you know X to Y damage. And like, well, I got this spear that does like x plus one but to y minus two and then is that better it has like (laughs) these other numbers down here it's like but it also has three percent counter and then like does four percent attack speed so does that make it better and like it like i'm sure there's you know i could just sit there and do the math but like who cares it's not fun for that (laughs) you're just like okay like i'm gonna do an attack speed build this time i'm just gonna equip every item that has attack speed and then eventually your guy is just out there like swinging away like super quick right sure um And it's like, oh, th- th- I'm going to do one where I focus on defense. I'm just going to like up my max HP as high as I can get, as much defense to mitigate as much damage as possible, and then just focus on you know like being able to tank any number of hits with like crazy regen or something. Uh, it like it seems like there's a lot of viable stuff that you can do. So I- I'm very very maybe I'm just in the like honeymoon phase and I'm just really loving this like it doesn't. It requires some thinking, right? Because you have to think about like where I want to place these tiles, but it's not like it's not going to kill you if you place the tile wrong, right? It's like, oh, I placed this mountain next to a forest. Yeah, who cares? Like, it's fine. You still have the benefit of the mountain, right? It's not like the it's the end of the the game for messing up, right? You've just made it slightly less optimal, perhaps. <laughs> um, so you definitely have to pay attention, but you you can't like. Uh, it's low brain power, I would say, required. Once you sort of like get into the figure out all the things, right? Cool. Right on. Uh, Michael, which got low brain power or high brain power? Raya and the Last Dragon. I need to know from a personal and a family perspective. <laughs> Uh, so from a a family perspective, I think this is a really good one. Um, Ryan, the last dragon, the newest animated movie from Disney. Um, it is technically a princess movie. Um, Raya's character is a princess. Um, but it is about a disaster that has befallen her kingdom and her quest to, right the wrong that she has seen uh, has seen happen and and partially blames herself for i don't want to give too much of the plot away uh, but in terms of being a uh, a family movie it's really good i think one of the things that they did well in this one is that the the quote unquote bad guy in the movie manages to be menacing without being actually scary so if you have like younger kids um it might be the kind of thing that they they would still enjoy without being frightened by compared to you know old school disney animation oh yeah where it was just like like, giant dragon breathing fire at the yeah Mm -hmm. evil witches that are in your face with their cackling yeah exactly so this it's it's a little more of a nebulous thing, um, and so there's there's less about it that's really scary, but it it still does not detract from the you know the sense of of them being threatened. Do you find that because we're not going to movie theaters theaters and stuff, you're that's why you're like okay with the uh, the ex- added expense to the Disney Plus thing? I'm just curious how that's landing with you. Um, 
given that you already pay for the service? Um, yeah, it's not that bad. Um, you know, especially here in California, given what a movie ticket for two people would cost. Um, it's, it's almost a wash. Yeah. You do need a loan. Yeah. Uh, with the expense of, uh, of what it would cost you to, to go see it in a theater and the snacks are cheaper here at home. (laughs) Always. Uh, Yeah. So it, you know, it, it hasn't been a thing for us. Um, I've got, I've got some store credit saved up. Um, with like the Google Play Store that you can use in the Disney Plus app, so oh. it actually hasn't it hasn't cost us anything. That's for smart. we've done this twice now, once with Mulan and once with this, so it hasn't cost us anything. It's just store credit that's accumulated over you know over time. So I I want to dispute the idea that it doesn't seem to cost that much. I think it if you're two people, I think the proposition is iffy. If you're three or more people, I think it's like a slam dunk better deal than going. Sure. To yeah. Which, more, is, like, the which bigger... is their target for a lot of these movies, right? Their family yeah, films yeah. that they would have released in theaters. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I, it's yeah, just, you know, yeah. it's how much you're willing to pay for it versus in, in the case of all these uh, waiting for it to come out to the, the standard paid portion of the service. I guess I us free who waited, but... which I guess, I mean, we don't know how long that will be, right? As Mulan come the uh, Mulan yeah, no, they one come put out? a date. They put a date on each one when it releases. So I I think Raya is June fourth. I can wait okay. three months. Uh, so yeah, it tends to be. I, I think Mulan was a similar window, about three months. Okay. Yeah, that's you know that is the length of the theatrical run these days. Had that been. Yeah, that's that the amount of time open, between right? when when something drops in the theater and when you can get, say, the DVD. What's a DVD? <laughs> You're old, Andy. You should know. <laughs> Got him. I I don't know if we have enough time for my controversial opinion that is exactly related to this. Uh, most old games aren't good. I think it depends. I have a story here. If you okay. want to understand my perspective and why it's related. And then you could say why it depends. But uh, I, I came into possession of a Sega Saturn. With which came many a game on CD. Uh, speaking of DVDs, right? First of all, DVDs on the Saturn? No, no DVDs, CDs only. These are CDs, yeah. Yeah, CDs only. But, you know, dead media in general. (laughs) Uh, First of all, anybody who thought putting games on a CD was a good plan, man, these are scratched. (laughs) You scratched it. They all Mm -hmm. work, actually. Um, And and in testing the games and the Saturn out to see how well it worked, uh, I have to say... Saturn games especially, these are wildly inconsistent with quality and even the, like, control scheme. Like, nowadays you know that there's a difference between Nintendo and everybody else, but at least it's just where the A button is and whether or not you need to press which one you need to press to get to go to the next menu, right? But, like, in in some of these games, like, the European-made ones, you press C to go to the next screen, and in the American-made ones, you press... A and in some of the Japanese ones you press B to go to the next screen and it's very confusing. And then also yes, like NHL 97 looks like I can't even tell what are players and what's ice, but then the Daytona game uh for some reason the NASCAR game looks the best out of all these. Things. I don't uh I don't get it. And uh the controls are bad on a lot of them like really bad i think maybe it's just the i don't know jj but you tell me is it the interim is, games of the saturn era that are not so good is the daytona game the one that has that rockin song with that goes like daytona yeah yeah it does i don't care about anything else but that <laughs> song rules extremely hard it does it's so good I know nothing about that game. The Saturn was not a well-liked console, Andy. It didn't uh, sell very well. I'm sure there were some games on it that are good, uh, but 
in a lot of cases, they were the worst versions of games that came out on other platforms. They're, they're, a lot of them are terrible versions of arcade games. Uh, there's that as well. Uh, they didn't do good arcade ports even, which is kind of depressing. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think the issue is that you're playing a Saturn here, essentially, ah, right? Okay. Fair. Because, like, you know, you, you said old games are bad, but would you argue that all those Super Nintendo and N64 games you have are bad, too? Those are older in some instances. I would argue that many of them are impossibly hard and therefore sometimes bad. Uh, well, I think, I think too, that maybe, maybe to counter your point a little bit, that when you decrease the amount of time and money that goes into creating a game, that it is much easier to churn out games. And so it might be that there is just a much larger pool of games Girl. of which only a only a certain number are are good games or are games that held up there are a lot of snes games now. there are a lot of snes games yeah so look at it look at it this way andy go to the go to the indie developer section on steam and how many games are there there that are just not worth yeah, your time i i agree uh, and this might be a Saturn issue too, of the idea of trying to up the controls and then it making the controls worse. Like I think this the console that added the optional, you could switch between the, the control stick or the D pad. You couldn't have both on, but you could switch between the two. But the controls were bad for both, you know. Uh, and games trying to do things that you should have been doing with an analog stick instead of a D pad. Well, the, the analog sticks were new that generation, right? Yeah. The PlayStation 1 was the first time anyone did analogs, you know, analog game stuff. And it what, didn't even come with the console initially. No. They sold it as an add-on controller. Yeah. And you had to turn and it so, on and off just like this. Just like that, yeah. yeah. And But that I think I, think I would uh, say that maybe this era, more than, say, the SNES or NES or even the Atari era, has just way more games that were just garbage piles than than any other. I think that it has aged particularly poorly in the way that like early polygonal graphics don't look good compared to sprite graphics. Absolutely not, yeah. And and so that's part of it, right? Like go look at screenshots from like the original Gran Turismo, a game I definitely played a bunch or like a lot of other racing games, uh, like the original Wipeout, also another game I played a ton of. Mm -hmm. And they are just jumbled piles of polygons that gosh knows what's going on in, when you compare them with like more modern polygonal games, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas the sprites still look good. It is easy to see how they work. It's easy to see what they're representing in a lot of cases. Even like the low-res ones, right, from the NES and earlier... Absolutely. So I think yeah. it's it's some of which the the tech didn't age well, and so then it's kind of led to a look that is kind of yeah. And TVs to... are too high a resolution. Yeah. So like, I, if playing these in emulators, I think is sometimes the better way to go because you put this kind of like these low res polygons on your high res TV, and it just looks like garbage. <laughs> and if you played in an emulator, if you put the scan lines in and the CRT filter on, all of a sudden it looks more like how you maybe remembered it looking. It still doesn't look good, though, let's be clear. These games still <laughs> look bad. But at least you'd be like, oh, okay, like you can kind of tell that this is supposed to be a car and that's like a, a, a flying ship and then that's a wall. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, that's meant to be a billboard. I was just thought it was a tunnel, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, I, I guess I plugged yeah. in that... Uh... I plugged in that that Saturn hoping to feel some joy and just was like, wow, these are just except for yes, yes, JJ. When the Daytona came on, I was like, oh yeah. Song, dude. There it is. I think that game is liked. I don't know. I never played it, but like that song is just an a classic. Yeah. Pretty good. Well, uh I'm glad we were able to solve that in under fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I feel confident about our ruling there. Oh boy. Well, if you think the Saturn is a good system, which you may, and I would gladly hear it out. There certainly are good games for it, I'm sure. I'm sure. I just don't know what they I'm are. Sure, yeah. I'm I would not I mean like I would have I think similar feelings about like a Dreamcast of like, hmm, a lot of this seems bad. Uh and I would I would love to hear people's opinions on that. Where would they book? 
they can send those to podcast at webergamers.com. Uh, you can also send it to our YouTube channel. We are Weber Gamers on YouTube. Search that out. Follow us on there. Hit that little bell. Hey, when you search it on get... YouTube, put it all one word for some reason. Yeah, that's a that's an important one. It is We Were Gamers, all one word, no space. Reason. Yeah, on there. Yeah, mm-hmm. no spaces. That's an important one. Thank you, Andy. That's a good. Oh, that's very a Michael. Important. That's a Michael grab. I can't take credit for that one. Well, I was thanking you for correcting me, but Michael is the genius who figured it out. So. <laughs> Uh, we are also follow this podcast. Uh, we were gamers on pretty much every podcast platform we've been able to figure out. So that's your Googles, your Apples, your Spotify's, your Stitchers, and whatever else is theirs. So please do that. I'm sure there's some uh, that we haven't figured out. Yeah, and we'll try to figure them out eventually too. So don't worry Can about that. Can you do a two hour long TikTok? I'm gonna go with no. Okay. Because I don't want to install TikTok. I don't either. <laughs> the best reason uh but yeah yeah please uh send us that and like he said you can send emails to podcast at we and uh sometimes we read them on the air here we like to gather them up and and talk about them later yeah. there's a batch coming